The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. Turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Eight minutes after eight. Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome to AM Live. It is time now for the Forum at Eight. Now, yesterday um, in the Times, it was reported that six million people in South Africa are irrevocably affected by having been exposed to alcohol in the womb. And once thought to affect mainly the children of farm workers in the Western Cape, fetal alcohol, uh, alcohol spectrum disorders, of which uh, the syndrome is the most severe, are on the rise in urban areas and especially among young black mothers and incidentally uh, today actually marks fetal alcohol spectrum disorder day and uh, today is all about raising awareness about uh, fetal alcohol syndrome and uh, the spectrum of disorders that goes along with it and uh, we would also like to use this opportunity to call upon communities to support pregnant women and to encourage them not to use alcohol during pregnancy. Uh, Children born uh, with uh, the uh, fetal alcohol syndrome have permanent irreversible brain damage and studies also show that since 1997 South Africa has the highest reported rates in the world particularly in Gauteng the Western Cape and uh, the Northern Cape provinces and uh, joining us uh, this morning to have this conversation is the CEO of the Foundation for Alcohol Related Research Liana Ulefir thanks so much for your time this morning Thank you for having me on your program. It's our pleasure. And uh, just to remind our listeners, the question we are grappling with this morning, do mothers know the risks associated and the dangers of consuming alcohol while pregnant? And also, what are your thoughts, more broadly speaking, on this particular matter? And as always, you know, if perhaps you are affected or you happen to be a child who was born, uh, who may now be an adult, uh, you know, living with some of the consequences, of uh, fetal alcohol syndrome, do feel free to call us on 0891-104-208. You can also SMS us on 34701, uh, tweet or Facebook, AM Live on SAFM. Now, Liana, uh, uh, please uh, talk to us about your research uh, because, you know, just looking at it and looking at the figures and uh, some of the other facts that comes out of it, it is absolutely astonishing. Yeah, it is a sad uh, story that we've got the highest reported rate in, in the world. I also have to say that the only research that we've done to date in South Africa, we've done in the Western Cape, Northern Cape, um, Eastern Cape now at the moment, and then also in Gauteng. Um, so we don't have an, the slightest idea how big the problem is in the other provinces. Um, but with the uh, rates that we have, we can already say that we well, we've been saying that for some time now, that we've, had, uh, we've got the highest reported rates in, in, in the world. The sad part about fetal alcohol syndrome is that women will always tell you that they will stop drinking alcohol as soon as they um, confirm their pregnancies or realize that they're pregnant. And in some parts in South Africa, women only report their pregnancies when they're as far as 20 weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. And until then, they continue to use alcohol like they would normally do. Dangerous, dangerous because, and also people don't realize that you don't need to be an alcoholic to have a child with fetal alcohol syndrome. So basically, fetal alcohol syndrome is caused by a mom using alcohol during pregnancy, and the alcohol is like a poisonous substance or a teratogen um, to the uh, developing cells of the unborn baby. 
so it can affect any organ of the baby, any um, developing cell can be affected. And because the brain starts developing immediately after conception the, and right through pregnancy, the brain is the most vulnerable part of um, the body or organ of the body. And therefore, children with fetal alcohol syndrome are always born with brain damage. The IQs range between 56 and 75. And, you know, the normal IQ is about 100. So these children are severely affected. And as you correctly said, it's an irreversible condition and a lifelong condition. Now, Liana, you know, um, some people may be saying, so, you know, what is a drink? You know, is there any amount of alcohol that is acceptable to consume uh, during pregnancy? Worldwide, researchers in this field will tell you that there is no safe amount of alcohol. And this is also a very good question that you're asking because there are very confusing messages out there. There are still um, doctors and um, health professionals who would tell women it's safe to drink one or two uh, uh, drinks of alcohol especially a glass of red wine or so, per day. But it is, in fact, not true because you um, you might know how your body breaks down the alcohol, met- metabolizes the alcohol when you're in a non-pregnant state. But when you're pregnant, the, body of, the bodies of women change when they're pregnant. And it's not how about how your body is going to break down the alcohol, but you, the body or the... Um, the young, underdeveloped liver of the child, how that is going to break down or can't break down the alcohol. Within 20 minutes after you've taken alcohol, the alcohol is already in the bloodstream of your baby and it goes through directly uh, to the brain of the child and it affects the child's brain. So we always say, rather be safe than sorry. Nine months is not too long and you will never regret if you haven't taken alcohol during that time. Also, for a lot of women don't know this and if there are any listeners listening to this who are pregnant and who are using alcohol at uh, at the moment we always say it's never too late to stop and does it matter is is, is timing important in terms of uh, the consequences uh, that this would have on the child does it matter you know more during the first uh, the middle or last trimester or is it just something that affects the child irrespective of when that alcohol is consumed? One must keep in mind that um, the alcohol can affect uh, the developing of any of the um, organs of the baby. We often see children with eye problems, ear problems, heart defects, etc. So when that specific organ was busy developing um, in utero, this is when um, the mom was drinking alcohol. But again, as I said, um, the big... um, danger of alcohol use during pregnancy is that the brain of the child is affected and the brain develops right through pregnancy. So for that reason, we are saying there is no safe period during a pregnancy to use alcohol. And uh, talking about uh, the effect on the brain, what are the other, um, you know, uh, uh, characteristics that one might notice uh, some of the consequences on the baby's growth and development? Yeah, um, also just I want to mention quickly, a lot of people uh, focus a lot on uh, the facial features of children with fetal alcohol syndrome. But um, you mentioned the bigger uh, spectrum of disorders because there are many things that can go wrong with a child due to alcohol. 70% of these individuals are not born with any facial features. Um, What moms report uh, about their babies after birth is that certainly they're smaller than normal babies because alcohol also causes uh, growth retardation. 
and then they from from birth they present with problems like they might um, uh, find it difficult to fall asleep, they might find it difficult to to eat, you know, hyperactive type of problems. Um, slow in development, slower in development than other babies, starting to sit late, crawl late, uh, walk late. But then when they go to school, you really see the learning disabilities coming to the fore. And then also the interpersonal relationship problems because of the brain damage. When they hit their teenage years, and you know teenagers like to explore and so, but children with fetal alcohol syndrome are... Um, very, they often engage in risky behavior because they cannot understand the cause and effect of behavior. And they find it extremely difficult to learn from previous experience. So they are quite often the kids who start engaging at a very early age in um, behavior like uh, using drugs, getting involved in gangs, because they're so eager to please because they know that there's something wrong with them, and they get all these negative um, information about you stupid, you can't sit still, you can't concentrate, so they desperately want to please. So it's actually a very, very sad condition. But is it just the outside pressure that leads to that, or is there a chance that it is hereditary, or that these children would then have a hereditary disposition to getting it? No, it's not a hereditary condition, so if I've got fetal alcohol syndrome as a woman and I fall pregnant and I, um, I I don't drink alcohol, I don't take alcohol during my pregnancy, my child will not have fetal alcohol syndrome. Fetal alcohol syndrome is caused by a baby being exposed to alcohol um, during its uh, development in utero, in the uterus. So that is important also to, uh, to understand. Um, it's also important to understand that um, the... You know, the, it's not only a black and a bleak picture. Um, with the correct guidance and love and, uh, you know, discipline and really um, support from parents, these children can reach their full potential, which is, of course, not the same potential than a child without fetal alcohol syndrome. But there are success stories of children who are, are working um, and you know, earning the, their own money and, and so forth. It depends on how severely the child is affected. Um, but um, we in our programs, where we do research and where we have projects, we um, work very closely with parents to, uh, to identify the children's strengths and then I don't like the word weaknesses, but their challenges. And then also work with the educators at the schools to to make sure that they, you know, break down information in the mainstream school uh, system in more uh, digestible chunks for the children to understand and to slowly but surely guide them to reach their full potential. If you've just joined us, the question we are asking this morning, do mothers know the risks and dangers uh, that are associated with the consumption of alcohol while they are pregnant? Do give us a call on 891 We are in conversation uh, with um, Liana, uh, Liana Willefier, who is uh, the CEO of the Foundation for Alcohol-Related Research, and um, taking your calls on that particular number. But I want to come back uh, to another aspect of the research uh, Liana, uh, that spoke about the provinces where this is most prevalent. Like, you know, most people would have thought, yeah, you know, Western Cape, Northern Cape, um, uh, but Gauteng, right up there. Uh, did your research uh, establish why this was the case? Um, 
I, I just want to take us a step back. The reason why um, we uh, started with the research in, in the um, Western Cape province is basically because we were approached by um, uh, researchers in America to start because our founder, Professor Dennis Fulhun, um, indicated at a meeting that he is extremely concerned about the possibility that there might be a fast problem in, in South Africa. And at that stage, the only research that is, uh, was done was in the in, um, United States of America. So they funded the first research that was done in South Africa um, via uh, UCT, Cape Town University. And um, we were then invited to do the research in the Wellington area. And that also created the myth in South Africa that um, fetal alcohol syndrome is only present amongst um, farm workers of, of a certain uh, cultural group and then um, people who are working on wine farms. After that, um, uh, FAR, the Foundation for Alcohol-Related Research, was invited to do a study in the R, in the middle of the Karua, where there are no wine farms, mm. and then found the then highest prevalence rate in, in the world. And I must say, um, the R um, community has been amazing because... Uh, within three years after we started implementing our Healthy Mother, Healthy Baby program, our evidence-based program, the fast rate in that community dropped with 30%, and it's still on the, on the decrease. But we, our organization, work on invitation only, and these studies are extremely expensive, and we not only do research, we do awareness, prevention, and we help with the management of the children as well, and go flat out in training, um, nurses, um, um, doctors, uh, social workers, educators in the areas that we work to uh, capacitate them to take on the work in the area when we're not there anymore. So that's basically the reason why we've only up till now, and I'm putting uh, the only in inverted commas because this is, these are huge studies that we're doing, mm. uh, why we've only worked in the Western Cape, Northern Cape, Eastern Cape, and in Gauteng. The interesting thing is that um, we, um, we've done studies in Kimberley and then in Gauteng and um, indicated in the, in the studies and with our research results that it's not only a problem on farms, that it, the, the reason why we've got so much uh, fetal alcohol syndrome cases in South Africa is that alcohol is freely available. It is culturally so acceptable to use alcohol. And uh, young people in our projects, will, uh, they tell us the pressure on them to use alcohol is enormous. And sometimes it's very difficult for individuals to be in a, uh, at a social ga gathering to say, thank you, I'm not using alcohol. And the same for pregnant women. Um, uh, quite often, community members or friends or whoever will say to them, oh, you know, one glass won't do any harm. So... Therefore, you know, like today, like today on the 9th of September, we are calling on people in the community to, to support uh, pregnant women specifically not to use any alcohol during pregnancy because it is, it is a difficult task ahead of, of, of a woman to stay alcohol-free for nine months. Well, and we are taking your calls now on 891 Uh Before that, let me just run through some of the messages coming through. Uh, Dan Migello says, uh, my plea this morning goes to parents um, uh, to uh, stop doing all of this. Uh, Teresa Nzama says, uh, women found consuming alcohol during their pregnancy should be punished somehow by law. Find them.
or something. Khomotso uh, Maluleka says, a pregnancy being a complex process naturally, it becomes weird to think of toxic consumptions. Women ought to respect the babies. And then uh, this one from Unati Khrodbom says, yes, others do, but they don't care. And they will tell you that they've been drinking for a long time. And uh, this one uh, from uh, at Mshula, uh, Mshula says, women don't start drinking alcohol when they are pregnant. The problem is alcohol abuse, which starts from a very young age. Uh, maybe I can just get a response to those points that I raised, Liana, before I go to the lines. Yeah, um, the comment about people are drinking from a young age, that is so true. It is absolutely shocking if you go into communities and you ask, um, and we do, we've done interviews with thousands of women already, at what age did you add your first drink? And when did you start drinking it, uh, uh, regularly? It, it is as young as 10 years or um, at the age of 10 years. Um, so it's, it's, it's very shocking. Um, I just want to make a comment on uh, the punishment of the woman. Um, it's heartbreaking to um, share the diagnosis of the child who's affected with a, with a mother because a woman realize that, um, you know, if my child has got fetal alcohol syndrome, I... Um, my child has got the fetal alcohol syndrome because I use alcohol during pregnancy. And across the board, it doesn't matter from what cultural group, what, what educational level or what socioeconomic uh, income group. All the women, the, the response always is, if only I had known. And if only I had known, if only I had known that I was pregnant at that stage when I was drinking alcohol. And then secondly, if only I had known that the alcohol can be so harmful. So again, the message needs to go out to people to stop drinking, you know, as soon as they start, start planning a pregnancy, as soon as they start, stop contraceptives. Reality in South Africa that is that 80% of pregnancies are unplanned. So, yeah, it is very difficult to say that we should punish women because um, I, I strongly believe women want the be, uh, best for the, their children. And how do you prove that a woman did this to intentionally harm mm. a child? Very difficult indeed. Let's go to the lines. Uh, just a reminder of our questions. Do mothers actually know? Do they realize the risks and dangers uh, that are associated with consuming alcohol while pregnant? Uh, Anonymous, you're calling us from Port Elizabeth. Good morning. Hello, ma'am. How are you? Good and you? I'm good, ma'am. Ma'am, uh, uh, you, you, uh, my, my, cousin, uh, my cousin's child has been diagnosed with this syndrome, ma'am. But the irony is that the mother of the child never drank. We went to two specialists, and both of them, they said the child has a fetal alcohol syndrome. And they said they got it from the father's sperm. Now, because my, 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 my brother is a heavy drinker, and he's been drinking all his life. Now, tell me, is this possible? Can, can a child receive fetal this syndrome from the father's sperm? This is because this was ironic to us because we thought it only comes from a woman. Mm, okay, that's an interesting question, Anonymous. Um, uh, uh, Liana, maybe we should answer that before we go to the next calls. Yes, a very good question. Thank you for asking it. Um, again, I want to repeat, a child gets fetal alcohol syndrome because the mother is drinking, because the al- a child is getting the alcohol through the bloodstream and the umbilical cord. Um, and that uh, connects the mom and the baby. So if the dad is drinking alcohol, 
the child will not be affected with fetal alcohol syndrome. So if the, the child was diagnosed by somebody with, uh, having fetal alcohol syndrome, I would like you to seek um, you know, other medical, you know, second opinion or third opinion. And since this gentleman is calling from uh, Port Elizabeth where we've got a project, I would like you to just, uh, if possible, if I can give my telephone number online. Sure. And we'll enough. also put it up okay. on our platforms, but you're welcome okay. to give it. Please phone my, uh, uh, my number in, the, uh, in Cape Town. It's 021-686-2646. I repeat, 021-686-2646. And then we can have a discussion around that, and I will see if, if I can put you into contact with somebody who can see the child. Thank you so much, Anonymous. Um, Colin in Pretoria, good morning. Good morning. Uh I just go straight to the point. I mean, for me, my, con- uh, my my concerns are two. One, I mean, it is really bad that, that this kind of thing is uh, is happening, and if it's due to alcohol, something has to be done in order to stop it. But the second point is on the research and its methodology. So I'll just make assumption. I am making an assumption that in your research, madam, you you used much variate analysis. That means you have actually excluded any possibility that the results you are observing are due to some other factors other than alcohol itself. So I would love to see in such kind of a research whether you have taken also effort to try and disaggregate populations and the incidence of that syndrome, disaggregate them according to whether they drink and whether they don't drink. Because I think it is possible sometimes, due to selection bias, you start measuring or attributing alcohol or that syndrome to alcohol, when actually there's, it's completely something different. We see it in a lot of research, and uh, uh, we have done loads and loads of research in different kind of fields, health, economics, agriculture, etc. So I am just pleading with you that before we start using the, your, your results, ensure that you control for selection bias, so that we don't start fighting something that actually is not the major cause of that problem that we're talking about. Thank you so much, Colin. Liana, um, that's not going to be a short answer, so we'll tackle it after the news break. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Anyway, we'll get back to uh, the forum at 8 this morning. And our question uh, deals uh, with whether mothers know the risks and dangers of consuming alcohol while pregnant. And this, of course, uh, as we mark Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder Day today and raising awareness around uh, this particular condition or conditions, as it were, seeing that it is a spectrum. Our guest this morning is Liana Willefier, who is the CEO of the Foundation for Alcohol-Related Research. Liana, uh, uh, now just before the break, uh, Colin was asking a question about, um, you know, the integrity of the research study, basically. Yeah, Colin, thank you for that question, because I can hear that you are really concerned and you're really looking at the scientific ways of how we're doing the research. I want to um, uh, ensure you that we are doing this research um, in it is in line with international criteria, and there's a, a, a terrible scrutiny process that we need to go through before we publish our results and publish our scientific um, uh, data in journals internationally. 
We work very closely with organizations like World Health Organization, and you would know the other, uh, the other bodies that we work with. We don't do, um, uh, you know, select certain groups. We, uh, we go in and it's population studies that we do. So we're very much aware of selection bias that you mentioned, and for that reason we're doing population studies. So it's not that we just go into high-risk areas and um, engage with high-risk um, uh, communities, et cetera, et cetera. So um, please just visit our website. It's www.far, um, and the far is F-A-R-R-S-A.org.za, and you will see some of the articles that we've published with the methodology in there. And I think that I'm just going to stop there because otherwise this is going to go into a long research and I think we'll also put those links up on our various platforms so that you can go there and take a look if you so desire. But but, but just on that question still, here's a tweet from Guanele Kati who says, uh, Western Cape and Northern Cape, I just think coloured societies and I'm not surprised about the research findings. Can you elaborate on that? Uh, because it also speaks to more or less a similar uh, sort of issue that Colin was raising, perhaps not as scientific. But uh, there are obviously, you know, uh, these uh, preconceptions, these stereotypes that people have about where this is likely to occur. Yes. And um, thank you again for that question as well, because this this idea of um, that fetal alcohol syndrome is only present in certain communities um, stems most probably from the first research that we did, and that's why I'm, I mentioned the Wellington research. Um, I'm going to take Kimberley as an example. In Kimberley, we were invited by the government, the Premier, um, to do research in um, uh, in Kimberley area, and we were specifically asked to look at Halashewe and at Rurupan in the uh, in Kimberley area as well. And we that enabled us also to look at look at different cultural groups. We were actually shocked to see that fetal alcohol syndrome is on the increase specifically in the black um, um, cultural group because um, women, black, young black women told, uh, told us that as soon as they go to the cities or those of them that are raised in the cities, their parents can't, uh, you know, urbanize, et cetera, et cetera, they feel the pressure of uh, starting to drink alcohol. So in, in specifically in the Kimberley area, the overall prevalence rate in Kimberley was 6%, but then in Halashewe, the more traditional black area, we had areas where the prevalence rate was as high as 11%. So it is not only a problem that you find among colored people. It doesn't matter what the, skin of, uh, the color of your skin is, of what, what religious group you are, where you are. If you are using alcohol during pregnancy, you are putting your child at, at risk of having fetal alcohol syndrome. And let's go back to the lines now. 891 Sandy Lane, East London. Thanks for your patience. Good morning. Hi, it's actually Sandy Sakina. Hi, Sandy. Ap- apologies for that. No problem. Sandy, uh, Sakina, I have a 32-year-old stepbrother with the syndrome. It's very sad. Um, she, he couldn't cope at school. Uh, we tried to put him in different schools, and he had this rage um, that can't be controlled, and he was diagnosed later in life uh, because the mother was a heavy drinker even um, during pregnancy. And the sad part is that when I was pregnant with my last one, I had alcohol cravings. And actually my doctor suggested that, look, one glass of wine per day is not that bad. Um, 
I didn't take one class per day, but I, I did take wine during my pregnancy. And I'm very, listening to you guys this morning, I'm very blessed that my, my, my daughter is okay. And it's very sad that um, doctors give such advice um, mm-hmm. when it's clear that um, it, 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 it affects the babies. Um, is it because they don't know or they don't care? Um, anyway, I'm also interested to know in the age groups of the mothers um, of these kids mm. who, who are diagnosed with the, with the syndrome because I know alcohol abuse is very high um, within the youth bracket. Uh, it's actually very scary. This message needs to be put out there because, um, like I said, if doctors can suggest and, and advise their patients that look one class per day, of red wine is, is okay, and and you guys are saying that you don't. There's no definite amount that 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 triggers um, the syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very sad. It's very very sad if doctors can give such advice. I mean, I took alcohol when I was pregnant, and listening to you guys now, I'm actually regretting every day. Oh, Sandy, thank you so much for that call, and um, you know, raising some very, very important, very pertinent issues. Let's also hear from KGM calling from Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Sakina. Good morning to your guest and your listeners. Um, Sakina, mine really is not too elaborate on, on the topic per se. I think for me, it's more about the recourse. Um, you know, we can blame each other as much as we like. We're not really going to, to, to get to the bottom of this unless we blame the, the people behind alcohol itself. Uh, you know, as, as I was listening to people talking about this on, on your show this morning, uh, I, I also reflected a bit in terms of the people that I've come across and assisted. Uh, and and re- I realized that we're fighting a losing battle, except if we, we can form, uh, be an organization or... A movement by people, you know, I'm, I'm putting my head on the block, Sakina. If there are people who are willing to fight this legally, that is, where are we going to take the, the manufacturers, uh, breweries and, and so forth, to task constitutionally for, for, for that matter? Where we can, where, if, you, if you compare, Sakina, people who are affected by the likes of uh, asbestos, there's recourse. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the mining companies from the U.S., as industries have, have been forced to, to, to pay recourse to those who have been affected. Why can't we do the same with alcohol? Because we come on media, we complain about this, we try to come with solutions, but these people who directly benefit from these things outclasses us all the time. So I think people who are willing to, to come up with, or with, a, with a, a lawsuit of some sort, let's, let's get together. I'll be the first to raise my hand. Let's put resources together and and fight this through our constitution. Thank you so much, KGM. And uh, Pumi Nkabati and Hassan Hanosta actually agree with you. And they say, Pumi says, uh, no one has said anything about the greedy booze conglomerates and their advertising foot soldiers. Are they a no-go area? And Hassan says, how hard is it to push uh, the matter of banning alcohol altogether so that these problems are dealt with completely? So some very tough questions there. And uh, we'll come back. We'll answer them. Liana, will at least and we'll take more of your calls after this the forum at eight with sakina kamwendo on am live turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them 
Today is Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder Day and we are trying to raise awareness around uh, this particular spectrum of disorders and we ask, do mothers actually know, do they understand the risks and the dangers of consuming alcohol while pregnant? Our guest this morning, Liana Ulefir uh, of the Foundation for Alcohol Related Research. Now Liana, uh, just a response there to um, Sandy and also to KGM on the issues they raised. Uh, firstly the age group and so on that Sandy wanted to know about and KGM wanted to know about recourse. I want to start off with Sandy and saying thank you Sandy for sharing and I hear what you're saying you know women walking around with guilt uh, but they've acted on advice that were were given to them. There are lots of women who are are, um, sharing this feeling with you and therefore um, all of us can understand the pressure on our organization and on other authorities to just to get the right, the correct message out there and also to get all um, service providers, um, specifically in the health professions, to bring out the same message to the communities, no alcohol is safe during pregnancy. Uh, KJM and Pumi and so forth spoke about um, the banning of alcohol and the responsibility of the liquor industry um, and then looking at um, uh, you know, legal action, etc., etc., uh, our stance on, on in the Depart- uh, in the Foundation for Alcohol-Related Research is our situation regarding fetal alcohol syndrome is so desperate at the moment that it is absolutely essential that we need to join forces and we need to collectively tackle this problem. Um, the liquor industry is very, very much aware of the, uh, the, our research data. We regularly report to them and, and it's, it's not nice information for them to receive. And um, I would like to challenge people and to look at how um, advertising pertaining to the liquor industry has changed um, over the last couple of years and how many um, um, awareness messages are being put out about um, fetal alcohol syndrome by the liquor industry. And I know people will say, oh, you know, this is part of the advertising and part of the window dressing and so forth. But uh, it is essential that all of us, whether we are the manufacturers, um, you know, I'm talking about the wine um, makers, the wine farmers, um, whether we are the manufacturing beer, whether we are the consumers, or whether we are the service providers in the various government departments, we all need to stand together and form partnerships and bring out the same message to the same communities that we are, are, are serving. Yes, they, I, I think quite soon there will be legal action, um, not, not necessarily in South Africa because things are happening in Australia and there, were, uh, there has been a, have been a couple of cases in the UK. Um, so I just want to say watch this space because people are... As people become more and more empowered, people are asking the questions. Questions like, why was I not given this information when I attended antenatal clinics? What is the responsibility of the liquor industry, etc.? Um, but I also want to say, what is our own responsibility as community members in sharing this message and protecting the children who are our future. Mm. And uh, just in response to uh, Sandy's question about the age group, is there an age group where this is more prevalent? Um, 
Uh, no, it's it's women across the board. You know, so we we talk uh, targeting women of childbearing age, and we've also got programs in schools where we try uh, trying to get the message across to the, the the learners in schools. And I'm really glad to say that. Um, and of course, on many fr- fronts, more can much more can be done. But let's give credit where it is due. If parents can just look at um, the the skills programs that the uh, subjects that the children are following at school. In um, uh, the life skills course um, at school, uh, uh, there's also mention being made of, uh, about fetal alcohol syndrome. And we often get phone calls or emails from learners who are busy with uh, fetal alcohol syndrome projects. And we encourage this and we you know, do whatever we can to uh, support these learners. So slowly but surely, but too slowly, too slowly, the message is getting across. I was shocked the, uh, the other day, about two weeks ago, when I did a, a workshop to a group of young parents um, from um, Limpopo province, Mapumalanga, northwest, and even Gauteng. And when I spoke about fetal alcohol syndrome, not one single person in that group has ever heard about fetal alcohol syndrome. I was extremely shocked. And basically, maybe because our organization is not active um, in the northern um, uh, provinces as yet, but again, programs like this, a phone-in program and a radio program is helping so much to get the message across to people, uh, to the listeners. But now we as listeners, we also have the responsibility of spreading this message. Indeed. Uh, Let me read some messages before I go back to the lines. Liz uh, says there should be awareness posters displayed wherever alcohol is sold. And uh, Babalo agrees with that, saying alcohol ads need to have a line that says not suitable for pregnant women. And then a few others, um, one here from Makaputu in KZN who says, can I please have a number for help? We'll certainly put that out towards the end. Uh, Jonathan says, SK, please ask your guest about the combined effect of alcohol and smoking. Because of the use of freedom and rights, women use their rights to destroy themselves and their families. And we now see young girls drinking and smoking like chimneys. Something has to be done. Terence and Kimberly says, a fetal syndrome is on the rise in a Piscodia in Kimberley, and it's visible in our local primary school in Piscodia. And I think um, Liana touched on the Kimberley situation. Um, and also this one here from Chawe in PE, who says, young black pregnant women, until black men are supportive and demonstrate responsibility, pregnancy will forever be a stressful period to a black woman. And then very interesting question, at least I think it is, from a Selena in Peter Maritzburg, who says, is kombucha dangerous in pregnancy? The alcohol content is very low. Now, we know in these times of, you know, healthy living and uh, the sort of things that people consume, this is a very, you know, popular um, drink that people have. Yes. Um, I want to start with the first question um, a lot because it's maybe going to be the quickest. It doesn't matter what type of alcohol you drink, whether you're drinking champagne or coolers or um, uh, kombucha or napsusu or foyapi or um, happy child or, or what, whatever. Um, it doesn't matter what type of alcohol you drink. The alcohol is dangerous and it is um, has a devastating effect on the unborn baby. Um, so don't think there is any alcoholic drink that is safe. Um, I like the... Um, uh, the comment about posters in liquor outlets. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that is certainly something that is going to be uh, taken up with the new liquor bills that are uh, and laws that are coming out. Um, by the way, just a link to that. I know that the National Drug Authority is also looking very seriously in, into the banning of um, alcohol advertising. So that is also on the table, and lots of discussions are taking place in in that regard. Um, the question about um, alcohol and smoking, we call it the double whammy. Um, in our research, we have uh, um, discovered that up to uh, 68% of women who are using alcohol are also smokers. Now, the listeners would know that uh, the, also the harmful effects of smoking on your unborn baby. Um, so you can imagine if a mom is smoking and she is drinking, and to uh, top onto that, if, if a woman is a heavy drinker, she quite often doesn't eat properly. So she's uh, quite often is in a poor, poor nutritional status. So she's, uh, she's, her body is not in a good shape. She's smoking and she's using alcohol. Um, the, the pressure on the baby to survive and to develop um, to the best of its ability, given that unsafe in, uh, environment, is just mind-boggling. Um, then, um, and, and in our programs, we certainly address um, smoking as well as well as other drugs. I just want to mention that um, smoking and alcohol is, of course, the first drug of choice. So, if you if you see people using um, and our, we see it with our clients using other drugs, if you ask them, they will say to you, "I started smoking first, or I started drinking first, and then I moved on to the other drugs, and I'm still smoking and drinking, or whatever." Mm. There, there was a very valid comment that was made about we are the men. Now, what is wonderful is to hear how many men are uh, phoning in and, and responding. Um, in our research, we also found when we, we asked women who were drinking during pregnancy and who stopped, um, why did you stop? Why did you stop drinking before you um, uh, fell pregnant? And most of these women would comment either that they received the message from somewhere or that they were in our support groups, but very, very importantly, my husband or my partner or my boyfriend uh, insists that I don't use alcohol during pregnancy because he wants a healthy child. So the the role of the father of the child is so, so important. And so often we leave men out of this conversation and out of awareness actions like this. So I want to please plea with the men, be the brave man, the strong man, and the brave father who's going to stand up and to help to protect your child and to support the mother of the child is carrying the child not to use alcohol during pregnancy. Well, let's go back to the lines. 0891-104-208. in Bedford View. Good morning. Good morning, Sissy. You know the problem that we have in South Africa is lack of education. I do not remember when I was going for my checkup during my pregnancy got the lesson about fecal alcohol syndrome. I never. And the parents that allow their children to be pregnant, do they make efforts? to test their children even before they get pregnant if they are not drinking alcohol and then they make sure they make sure during the pregnancy these children don't take alcohol. Okay, thank you so much, Vuelwa in Bedford View. Anonymous in Johannesburg. Uh, hi, how are you? Good and you? I'm good, thanks. I just want to follow up with a question that was asked by a caller earlier regarding um, a sister-in-law who gave birth to a baby with uh, FAS and she didn't drink during her pregnancy, mm. and the father was a heavy drinker. 
Um, I, I work as a speech therapist, so I get to see these kids on a daily basis because I mean, of, of my um, of my profession. And research has shown that sometimes when the father is a heavy drinker, the DNA gets corrupted, which is why sometimes even kids as young as eight who've never drank in their lives start craving alcohol. It's because of the DNA that has been passed on from the father to the, uh, to, to the child uh, during pregnancy. So I understand where the other guy was coming from to ask, is it possible to be diagnosed with FAS? When, when a child should be diagnosed, when the mother didn't drink, what role does DNA play? Because research has shown that it does play a role. So I'd like the, um, uh, the guests to tell us more about that in their research. Have they really looked into the impact of um, DNA on children who are born with FAS? Thank you so much, Anonymous. Uh, Kalala in Cape Town, good morning. Morning, Rowena. Thanks. That's a very great uh show today here. Yeah. But um, I'm going to be honest, you know, we've got the problem in South Africa. The problem is we don't want to take a responsibility. We're looking for someone to blame. This is a life matter we're talking here. So for me, banning the alcohol seller, banning the industry is not going to help. Because these people, everywhere in the world, even here in South Africa, Rowena, I never see pregnant women going to the chip to buy alcohol. But they can still drink. They can send the kids. They can send even their own husband. So that's why I agree with the point of education and taking responsibility. Let's not blame the sailor. Let's blame the one who's using it. The message is clear. When you're pregnant, don't use alcohol. Simple as that. If we cannot use it, we're losing nothing. We're actually saving life. So that's where I will vote for the law to say if pregnant women seen drinking or smoking should be locked up. Mm-hmm. That's how okay. I can achieve Thank you so much, Kalala in Cape Town. A few quick messages here. Alessibane Mabusela says, as long as South Africans believe that everything you do socially should involve alcohol, disorders such as FAS will remain prevalent. And a few others here. Khomotsu uh, Maluleka says, KGM is committing intellectual an intellectual foul. How do you blame the manufacturers for women's own negligence? It's an individual choice. Lucky Makwaza says, uh, let's not create alcohol and blame it. We need to have uncensored exposing campaigns through the media on its damages. V. Kumalo says, uh, such uh, sad stats on fetal alcohol syndrome, education is key to have a change on these stats. Innocent beings suffer. Another aspect to consider in protecting unborn babies is testing women for alcohol during uh, their monthly checkups. And um, I think uh, Vuyelwa also spoke about that. Uh, Vuyo says, um, nope, uh, they either oblivious to the dangers or they don't care. The latter happens when the children aren't planned. And Seppo says smoking is another one and it's quite heartbreaking as the kids find themselves being in and out of hospital. Mpusi Khotsi says we're always making excuses to drink and everything we do, um, there must be alcohol in it and now we are making alcohol a lifestyle. Um, maybe just a very quick parting shot, especially on the issue of uh, the impact of DNA, Liana. Yeah, I think we shouldn't uh, confuse alcoholism and fetal alcohol syndrome because we know that there are families who are very hard hit with alcoholism and we know that there's a a, a gene that um, it's called, uh, well, let's put it as simple, um, the dependency gene. So you might be uh, dependent and addicted to uh, sugar or 
or food or gambling or whatever or alcohol. So it, uh, and quite often we we find that if your father is an alcoholic, then you are also uh, very it's highly likely that you will also end up having a problem with alcohol. So um, this is my response to the speech therapist. So please just look at that aspect. I like the fact that we shouldn't blame because nobody is forcing you to drink. It is a decision, but we need to empower people to make informed decisions about the dangers about alcohol uh, use and uh, and abuse. And well, yes, uh, just the lady from Bedford View, we need to get information, information out. So my plea to everybody on 9th of September today, please, the 9th of September, um, the 9th of the 9th month, it's playing on the, you need to be, you have to, ladies are pregnant for nine months, help us to spread this message of no alcohol to pregnancy, uh, during pregnancy to at least nine members in and um, that was Liana Olafir, CEO of the Foundation for Alcohol-Related Research. And just that number again, 021-686-2646 is the number on which you can contact her. And we'll put those up uh, along with your messages on our uh, our platforms, our social media platforms.